0: Good to be together as a church body. For those joining online, thank you so much for tuning in, being a part of the service. You know, it is vital that we stand together as the body of Christ. Otherwise, it is so easy to get weak and to fall, to be easy prey to so many schemes of the evil one. Well, Last week we were in the series and we looked at the person of Deborah, this incredible godly warrior woman, and today we're going to lean into two individuals, both Jesus, an incredible author, perfecter of our faith, and also an example from Nehemiah in the Old Testament. As we begin, I want to just ask you what might seem like a silly, ridiculous question, but it's not. What picture comes to mind when I just say Jesus? Think about that for a second. We've all seen the different images uh, portrayed by artists over the centuries, and yet does that line up with the Word of God? I want to read one of the most descriptive passages of Jesus found in Revelation. Now, just follow along, and does this match up? It says, Then I saw heaven open, and a white horse was standing there. His rider was named Faithful and True, for he judges fairly and wages a righteous war. His eyes were like flames of fire and on his head were many crowns. A name was written on him that no one understood but himself. He wore a robe dipped in blood, and his title was the Word of God. The armies of heaven, dressed in their finest of pure white linen, followed him on white horses. From his mouth came a sharp sword to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron rod. He will release the fierce wrath of God, the Almighty, like juice flowing from a winepress. On his robe at his thigh was written this title, King of all kings and Lord of lords. That doesn't quite line up with the hippy, wimpy Jesus that we usually portray in pictures. I mean, this is one bad dude. I mean, this is a fierce warrior. That's what we see in the word of God. Now, some of you go, but wait a second, isn't he the prince of peace? Absolutely. He came to bring peace between us and God. He raged a righteous war that we might be forgiven and given grace and hope. But that wasn't done without cost. In fact, he described of himself, I don't imagine I came to bring peace to the earth. I came not to bring peace but a sword, a spiritual war that he waged for the very souls of mankind. Oh, this is the Jesus that went to the temple courts and he overturned tables of people who were abusing the faith and he came with a righteous indignation, anger and said no with a whip to the money changers. You gotta remember his occupation. Some of you think, well, he was a carpenter and he went to Home Depot. And No, he was more of a lumberjack who had to fell trees and work the wood. This was a man's man in Luke 4. Do you realize that when the crowd was trying to kill him, he turned and did like an X-Men thing and walked right through them. I don't know if his eyes blazed. I don't know if angels showed up. I don't know if he just flexed and said, you want some? I, he, whatever it was, he walked through a crowd and they could not stop him. And then when it was time for him to lay his life down, as the ultimate roar raged around him for the souls of all mankind, every man, woman, and child, He was not a beaten down, broken king. You know what he described of that situation? He says, no one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily. He said, I have the authority to lay it down. And when I want, also to take it up again see the greatest warrior of all time is Jesus our Lord he went to the very pits of hell when he died on the cross in our place and he took on all the forces of the devil and of the dark forces for three days three nights he waged war and he arose victoriously marching out a resurrected king that's our Lord and so what does he call you to I want you to think about that for a second. What has he called his followers? Hey, the very word Christian means a little Christ. What has he called you to? Because I think we have lost that today. The bottom line is simply this, that God has created in you, in me, in all of us, the heart of a warrior, and if you don't understand that, you will misplace, and you'll start to be a warrior in places that you were not intended to, and you'll try and fill that hole with things that you cannot fill it with, and you'll go to things that will be destructive to you and others around you, but when you hear God's voice... It changes things. Now, last week, I talked directly to the ladies and and called out the incredible challenge of Deborah, who was a mighty warrior, went against every cultural norm at the time and led the nation of Israel. And today, I want to lean into the men. Now, there were applications for men and women last week. There'll be applications for men and women today, but I want to lean into the heart of men because men... There are so many who are AWOL today who don't know and they've been squashed down, and they're not sure where to put this hunger towards and, and then we fill our hunger with things that are wasted. See, if God were to search churches around the world and nation today, what would he find? I think he might find the same as it says in Ezekiel chapter 22. He says, I look for someone who might rebuild the wall of righteousness that guards the land. I look for someone to stand in the gap in the places where we're in danger so I wouldn't have to destroy the land, but I found no one. You know what's crazy is men, like five and six men today, would call themselves a believer. But at most, like two and six actually show up to anything called the body of Christ And out of that two and six, half of them are not engaged and they're just there in presence physically but not spiritually. You know, the church has always been filled with more women than men across the world. And I thank God for some godly women who have carried a burden while a lot of us men have sat on the sidelines. You know, some of the most godly people in my life who mentored me and fought for my faith and didn't allow me to go down a bad road were godly women, and I'm thankful for it. You know, one of my favorite movies this summer so far has been The Black Widow. One of my favorite superheroes is Wonder Woman, and that girl is tough. I, I love, I am, see, if not careful as we talk about men being weak, And not knowing who they belong or where they belong today, I really have seen in men this idea that I have to check my man card at the door to love Jesus. And then we're lost and we're not sure where to go. And that does not mean I don't believe in women and want to build them up. I'm a dad with three daughters and I want to empower them. I'm so proud of those strong, godly women and I want to see that continue. But in men... Can I challenge you with a quote from Jordan Peterson, professor and psychologist, one that kind of rocked me this week as I read this quote, a harmless man is not a good man. Let me say that again. A harmless man is not a good man. A good man is a very, very dangerous man who has it under voluntary control. See, as we as a society have lost manhood, we've started to go against the abuse of manhood and we've gone against the devaluing of women and we've tried to fix it sometimes in a wrong way by telling little boys, you're not to be a man. Let little boys grow up into being the man that God called them to be. Just direct it in the right way. Grown men, you're called to be men of God. To hear a challenge and to step up, hey, I want you to be Good Christian guys, nice guys. Yes, there's to be a tender side of every man of God, but there also ought to be a tough one that would fight for their family and wouldn't give up and throw in the towel at the first sign of trouble and leave their child to have to be raised by one person by themselves. See, that is a problem in society. You know, I want to go into the Old Testament to a great example. His name is Nehemiah. He did some good things and he did some bad things. I I identify with those kinds of examples because I fall like you. Now, Nehemiah had a cause to fight for. The city walls were broken down and he knew that the families were vulnerable, that there were weak spots and they had to be built up again. And there were some who were outside the gates and just kind of, oh, they could care less, and they were stopping the project from moving forward. Nehemiah chapter 13, you see his passion. So I confronted them. I called down curses on them. I beat some of them and pulled out their hair. I made them swear in the name of God. I didn't say he was necessarily a good example for leadership, but that's one passionate dude. And he's like, we are going to get this thing done if it takes me pulling your hair out. <laughs> now, that's not where he started. I want to go back to chapter 4, verse 9, because it reveals the heart of this godly man. But we prayed to our God, and we guarded the city day and night to protect ourselves. Oh, I love that. And both the practical and the prayer, and both doing the work and the spiritual calling down knowing I can't do it without you, God. And that's what we need today. Those who are willing to work and do all that they can at the same time as crying out, God, guide every step. Help me to keep on the path that you put before me. See, that's what a warrior does. A warrior calls out to God. A warrior also works hard and has a weapon ready. You know, in the story here, as they're building the wall because there were those who were trying to attack and to stop, it says that they had a tool in one hand, and they had either a spear, a bow, or a sword in the other hand as they work. Now, some of you, well, why why do you have a pancake flipper up there? It's not a pancake flipper. It's a trowel, you white-collar guys. Come on. And and so you work to build a wall. And so he would use this to build the wall, to lay down the mortar. They'd put the rocks in. And at the same time, they'd have a weapon in the other hand ready to go. Because everything that you go to build, if you're not ready to protect it, will be torn down in a second. See, that's what was happening. And that's what's happening today in society Too many of us try and build a wall, and we're not there to protect it. See, any old idiot can make a baby, but it takes a man of God to raise that baby. Any old idiot can woo a girl and drop a few lines and act good for a moment, but it takes a man of God to love her and to walk through the valleys and the highs and to be with her until death do us part. See, it's easy to, to say, hey, I want to start a church, but it's another thing to protect a church. Do you see what I'm saying, men? Men, you are called to not just start, but to walk this out. Too many ladies are doing it all on their own. They're out in front, and we're back. Uh, nah, 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 nah. Hey, how are the Broncos doing? How are the Chiefs doing? How are the Raiders doing? And we're missing the call. Whew. Now, let me be vulnerable for just a moment because, you know, being married to my wife, a wonderful woman of God, and raising three daughters together, when it came to movie night, I just got to tell you, it was 90 minutes of hell growing up. <sighs> and you know, man, you understand, I mean, there's two kinds of movies there's chick flicks and there's real movies. <laughs> Uh, you know, when it comes down to it, there's something, there's nothing wrong with a chick flick on date night, guys. You know that. You need to remember priorities here. But, but when it comes down to it, there's something about Russell Crowe digging down in the dirt and saying, Brothers, what we do on earth matters in eternity. You know, when, when Mel Gibson jumps on his horse, half of his face blue, and he's marching in front of his guys, calling them to action, there's something that stirs within us. See, you were created to be a warrior. So much more than just watching a movie. So much more than just building a name. So much more than getting a bank account or being a sports hero on the weekends. You crave something inside, but the problem is as many men never really live. Henry David Thoreau put it this way, the mass of men lead lives of quiet." desperation. They're, they're looking to fill this need within them, the, the heart of a warrior a, wanting a cause to live for beyond themselves, something righteous and pure and holy and good. And, and then they're told, stop that. And, and and it gets a little messy and they're not sure what to do. And, and And we crave something. And so what do we do? We start to fill our lives with sports and hobbies or maybe we go to detrimental places because we're not sure what to put in that hole and so we go to porn or we go to drink we go to whatever it might be and and we've climbed the ladder and we're trying to get respect and we're trying to earn value and there's nothing wrong with being a guy there's nothing wrong with many of the things that we do hey I'm a guy I understand that I've, I've run more marathons than I can count at this point. I've climbed more mountains than I could imagine over 100 times up or 14 or easily. I've gone into backcountry with nothing but just stuff, and, and we've had to stay out overnight. When I was hunting elk. I've had I've had all kinds of man experiences. That's not what a man is. Not a one of those things define me. They're things that are fun. I've had enjoyment. I've gone out and enjoyed it but it's learning to follow my Lord with all my heart. It's been the greatest challenge of my life. See, God has called us to be both tender and tough. Will you listen to his call and rise to the occasion? So let me give that bottom line again. God has created in you the heart of a warrior. So let me speak to the 15-year-old, the 20-year-old young man who's building a life. Don't you wait for tomorrow to be the man of God that God calls you to be. You're living a life for tomorrow today. And so you need to start treating women with respect today. You need to love on them today in a godly way. You need to treat them with honor, not as a piece of meat, men. And so you start to understand that today and you learn self-control and you learn godliness and you learn what it is to be a man of integrity. Now, don't wait for some other day. That's a lie from the pit of hell to the 35 year old who's now married and maybe has kids to the 40 or so and you're being pulled in all kinds of directions if not careful, you're gonna be so worried about I need to get retirement ready, I need to pay for my car, I need to get a house, I I need to climb the ladder, I need to take care of these kids, I need to get these kids to sports events, I need to get them to school, I need to take care of my wife. Take a breath. Please understand you need to fight for. There is an enemy who wants to distract you on all sides. Make sure that you live to be a man of God, and don't you dare be this aggressive guy at work, aggressive guy out on the sports fields, and a passive man at home. You got to be the leader God has called you to be. Your faith, your family, they matter. You need to fight for them. Now to the 50-year-old, if not careful, that, that grandpa may be out there as well who's, who goes, I, 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 well, empty nest or I'm getting close to it and I'm kind of on the tail end, I'm not needed anymore. That is a lie from the devil. We need godly men and examples will be examples to the younger men today that you can love God, you can be faithful and keep the walk your grandkids need that your adult kids need that love them and be that example and men let me challenge you don't you stop loving your bride so often they get to that point and they stop oh I don't need to woo her anymore I already have her I don't need to open the door for her anymore I don't need to take her out on dates (sighs) I don't even need to respond to that come on guys be a man and man up here. Fight as a warrior that God has called you to for what matters. You know, I want to give you just three quick ways to fight as a warrior that God has called you to be. Just three simple points. First of all, there are times as men, we gotta to learn to take a punch. Cause life is hard. We gotta take that. We can't just quit. We can't throw in the towel. We can't say this is too hard and i just done. I'm just done be strong and courageous. I love that in the Old Testament. I need that reminder over and over and over. I have to be strong in his power. I have to be courageous because he's courageous because he has my back. You know, Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, you have heard the law that says the punishments must smash the injury. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But I say, resist an evil person. Barry, what are you saying? I thought you said you need to be strong and Someone slaps you, let them slap the other cheek. No, what I'm saying, I didn't say let people walk over you. I didn't say be passive. Life can be tough, and there are times you got to know how to absorb a punch. And love your family through tough times. you got to forgive. you got to love when it's not easy. you got to say, you know what, I care about you more than I do the fight that we're in. And I don't want to win the fight and lose you. See, we must absorb pain at times like a man for our family. It's gentleness and power under restraint. It's like the great words of the theologian Rocky Balboa. I couldn't say that with a straight face. Uh, You, me, or nobody is gonna hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Life is going to be hard at times, guys. And if not careful, I see men who just go, I'm tired. Ladies, when you're searching for a guy, you need to find a guy who's just not going to quit. He doesn't have to be the, the sexiest God coming up. He doesn't have to look like Thor. But if he will be a man of God and he will fight for you and he will not quit... That's a man that you ought to be attracted to. That's guys who we need to worry more about becoming. You have to be willing to take it sometimes. Second of all, you got to take a knee. Now, some of you go, well, you just want me to give up. No, you're misunderstanding the connotation. We're looking at this from a spiritual point. You got to move forward even when it hurts. You gotta take a punch, but you always gotta go to the King of Kings and you gotta know when to pray when you can't and He can. God's help is vital. I can't do it alone without brothers and I can't do it without my God. You know, the scripture gives a great example of this in Jesus. Then Jesus went with them to the Olive Garden, uh, you know, Gethsemane, and he said, sit here while I go over there to pray. He just wanted Peter, James, and John to be there while he was hurting and anguish. He says, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Oh, he went a little further and he bowed down his face to the ground praying, my father, If it's possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. So at the most important point in history, when souls of all the men and women of history were on the line, Jesus bowed before the Father before he went to the cross, gave us a great example. As Nehemiah also crying out to God in humility, I want to challenge you men, to realize you got to be humble enough to know you need others around you. Nehemiah didn't build a wall by himself. He called the people of Israel, and he called on his Lord God, Jesus, even himself. Didn't go it alone. And then, when you get this kind of mindset together, you understand there are times you must take a stand when you got to confront an injustice, a lie, when you got to say, I'm going to protect my family, I'm going to fight for it. See, men, there's an enemy who hates you, and he wants to destroy your family, your integrity, your character, and he hates your God. Satan is on the prowl like a roaring lion. Be the warrior God has called you to. Jesus never lost sight of that. It's time to man up to pick up your trial, get to work, your trial being the word of God more than anything else. And you're You know, the Bible is even our sword at the same time. It's how we go on the offense. I want to remind you of what you're fighting for, though. Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 15, 14. Since then I looked over the situation. I called together all the people and said, do not be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, your home. You have to remember the Lord and remember who you're fighting for. See, your call must be greater than yourself. It must be to something more noble than that. You know, here's the thing. I talked to a guy just recently. He, I was so thankful for Josh sharing with me. We're sitting over this table and having coffee together, and he's sharing his story, and And Josh said, you know what, i got to be honest, I, I kind of thought church was not for men, at least not this man, and he said, I always saw church as, well, well, just not very manly. And my wife drugged me uh, to church, and I landed at UCC, and I... And he said, I got to find out that you can be a man and passionately love Jesus. You can be a man and be one who loves your family and walks us out. You don't have to check your man card at the door. See, that's what I want you to understand. There's something worth attaining and fighting for. Don't misplace that battle. Who are you fighting for? What are you fighting for? Do you realize that there have been studies done, guys, where it's like if you reach the child first, it's like 10% of the time you reach the whole family. As a church, if we reach mom first, it's like 20% of the time we reach the whole family. And I've seen studies that show, men, when you reach dad first, 80% of the time you reach the whole family. You have influence. Please raise up. Hear the call of God on your life. See, Christianity is not a playground. It's a battleground he's called us to. Christianity isn't this weekend thing. It's a life that we're called to. Your Savior set the example in communion. This is not of the defeated. It's a victorious thing. I want to encourage you to get your communion elements. If you're at home, grab some bread, some juice. Please join with us. This is when our Lord... Went to the cross, not defeated, but he defeated death and dying. He stood for all of us that we might have life. You take that top layer off and reveals a piece of bread. And he met with his disciples. He explained this to them. He said, take this piece of bread and eat it and remind yourselves for all time, it represents my body that's gonna be broken for you. Peel back that next layer. He says, my blood is going to be poured out that you might have forgiveness of sin. Oh, the greatest warrior of all time fought and set such an example that this group of 12 men who were scared and, and gutless in so many ways, you know what happened to them? They went from being cowards to seeing this resurrected power of Jesus. One was a traitor we know of in Judas. We had one who lived a long life out on the island of Patmos in prison, and he died there in prison standing for Christ. And the rest of them all lived martyred, courageous lives, spreading the gospel. And we need people who believe in the elements of communion and follow the Lord to the end of all that they have. Hear the call of God. God, I thank you so much for putting a call on my life. And when I'm warm and I'm tired and I want to throw in the towel, you call me heavenwardly, And God, I struggle. And I know that so many men today as well do. And I ask that you rise in us a heart that is solely yours. God, I pray that you raise up men and women of God who will take on the gates of hell and that they'll fight for their neighbors. They'll share the gospel. And they'll not run in fear. Oh God, forgive us as we've fallen. May we stand for you and you alone. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you?